Raw, the Kitchen Nightmares podcast. Join me, if you will, on a journey through bad food and worst reality television. It's me, your old pal, the cooking cowboy, Kevin Mann. Join as I am always in this look through Gordon Ramsay's Kitchen Nightmares, brackets, US that is, by my saucy side dishes. First, the scrambled egg to my tossed salad. And I fucking love scrambled eggs. It's yeah. Joe Graham. Oh, a high compliment. Thank you very much. Hello. Yeah, and uh, you know, I'm not just any scrambled eggs. I'm using more butter than you think you would need, Ooh. but you actually do really need to use that much butter when you're doing it. But is it Gordon's scrambled eggs, the famous one that went viral? What, Gordon Ramsay's scrambled eggs? On the heat, off the heat, on, on the heat, off. off the heat. Just fucking make some scrambled eggs. Come on now. <laughs> and Viva Costa. Costa del Sol, because the coffee, Why? Adam Bibelow. Every time, people are going to think that I love Costa or something specifically. This is so many times you've used Costa specifically in relation it's with better me. than the other one on his list, which was Brother Cafe Nero. I have called him out in another podcast Cafe as well. Nero as well. And I have All also called you chain. Captain Starbucky O'Hare, like, but... Jesus wept. I feel like, you know, until the independent cafe starts supporting the podcast, we got to go with the big wigs. <laughs> How are you doing today? I'm very good. I'm very excited to be getting back into It's Raw. It feels like it's been a little while since we sat down to do one of these. Well, we had a uh, we had a walk-in, mm-hmm. and uh, we also realised we had more episodes recorded than we realised, so this is a much deferred recording, yeah. I guess. What is the last thing you have eaten uh, before coming here today? Toast. <laughs> this uh, is the problem with the midday recording, yeah. I realised that. Now is not the time for a toast, Adam. <laughs> Anunush, I think we should have a little drink. Uh, episode 7. I love the Podcrabs listeners. <laughs> They're all wonderful and happy to be at the wedding today. You knew what would happen when you started doing this podcast with me. Uh, Joe, last thing you've eaten... Did you have breakfast? See, it might be more interesting because Joe often skips breakfast. Oh, okay. So, so what is the last Previously on Joe's dinner, like... Some sort of yeah. bedtime snack. Yeah, well, I haven't eaten yet today, so yeah. it would have been last oh. night. An you... after eight mint, perhaps. <laughs> Did I go to bed after you last no, night? No, you went at the same time. Did I go to bed after eight last night? <laughs> <laughs> How minty was I in bed last night? <laughs> I... I... Oh, I know. It was those little mini rolls Brian Zane sent us. I ate there. I think they were mini rolls. They didn't have a label on. I think they're, they're ho hos. I think they're are they? technically. Yeah, they were really good. No, it's good. Yeah, no, I thought you were going to get a little soft recommendation for the uh, beetroot fritters that it's I not made. What I ate last. Look at this. But uh, it was some dying old, to bring it up. Old ho hos in the mail. Old uh, ho hos. Some old wow. ho hos. <laughs> and uh, I had porridge. There you go. I'm full of oats, so it falls to me today to decide what episode that we're <laughs> That's doing. That's how we decided. <laughs> That's how we decided. I had oats last. That's the way it is. But before we get into today's episode, season one, episode seven, brackets, Finn McCool's and all that entails, it is our first Irish restaurant and our first former cop-owned restaurant. Joe has got from itsrawpod at gmail.com another one of our lovely kitchen nightmares from one of our lovely listeners. And as it always, it falls to you, the listener, if you've got a kitchen nightmare, a story of your own, it could have happened in your home or going out or meeting a famous celebrity or chef, anything of note, Send it on to itsrawpod at gmail.com. So, first of all, we got loads of fantastic, truly incredible kitchen nightmare stories. And even a couple of stories about people meeting Gordon. But <gasps> oh, we might have to go to the walk-in we're gonna yes. Exactly, we have to save it for the walk-in. But I just couldn't resist sharing one of these with you both today. This made me laugh. So this one's from Michael. Michael says, hey guys, listened to the walk-in episode of It's Raw and loved it. I thought I'd share with you a kitchen nightmare experience that a friend and I had years ago, not in a restaurant, but in a cinema. This would have been around summer 2007. Me and my friend had gone to separate schools and were hoping to catch up after when we'd have been so long apart. We agreed on a day we would go into Dublin city centre together and see a film. (laughs) Kevin, how much would that cost? What, a film in Dublin city centre? Yeah. Well, back in 2006, when I would have been doing such a thing, it would have cost you around I'd say 12 to 15 euro so around 10 pounds sterling yeah. adjusted for inflation I'd say it's around 6,000 euros now yeah okay sorry my, my, I'm just kind of like got my guard up a little bit here this is starting to sound like a reused cinema swirl fan mail <laughs> like, I want to make sure this is completely original oh, shit, some bit of Pepsi in here go on, go on. <laughs> so they were both given roughly 20 euros to spend on tickets and snacks 
Michael says, I still don't know why we picked Shrek the Third, but we did and made our way to the concession stand. I like the idea that Shrek the Third would cost more. It's like a premium yeah. movie and pay a higher We want to see it in IMAX, don't you? Well, you do want to see it the, see it the way that Michael Myers wanted it to be seen, yeah. Joe. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> now, I went with your classic combo, popcorn and a drink, but my friend wanted something a little warmer and so asked for a foot-long hot dog. What was placed on the counter definitely looked like a hot dog. The bun looked as you'd expect, but the meat took us both by surprise. Mm. It was a thick, shiny, black sausage that had a strange purple hue, depending on the angle that you looked at it from. Well, that's you know, that would be really upsetting for me, because I do remember when I first moved to the UK, in a lot of the gas stations I go to, they would have... like Kind of like the, the, the hot dog concession stand thing that was on those rolly oh, things, yeah. but they're their moniker for it it was like roller or something but it looked like the font from Rolos so it made me think I was going to eat a big long caramel dog which would then be at odds to share the last bit of it with (laughs) so the fact that it would be a darkened colour like that I don't know you think it's chocolate? maybe you think everything's chocolate (laughs) purple though Purple, yeah, I know that's the colour of magic, isn't it? <laughs> not the colour of hot dogs. It barely fit into the bun, so it looked more like it sat on top of it. The guy behind the counter clearly wanted to show us its best side because at the back it had been completely dried out, like it had been overcooked and left there for days. There were cracks in the skin that made it look veiny and ready to oh. burst. I guess we were too polite to complain because we made our way to the screening before the lights go down. My friend takes a bite of the hot dog. Inside no. the skin oozed an inordinate amount of grease from a still bright pink centre. I'm talking Wow! Right. Yeah. Both ends of the spectrum, baby. I'm talking Barney the dinosaur levels of pink. Whoa, that's fuchsia. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, that ain't pink, man. Fluorescent. We could see it was three-layered. The black outer shell, the secondary brown oh skin that the God. hot dog should have looked like, and then this raw... How do, how do you eat yours? Like, <laughs> fucking hell. Well, I like to scoop out the... Uh, checks comments. The raw centre that these types of sausages no. shouldn't look like when uncooked, let alone ever. My stomach turned just looking at it. For some reason, my friend ate the whole thing. Amazing. <laughs> Good man yourself. Why? Well, because I guess we couldn't afford to buy anything else, which Dublin prices is yeah, fair probably enough. true. I'm okay. surprised you got that like, yeah. you know. Then he disappeared for a solid hour of the film, at which point I grew concerned. I made my way down the aisle, falling down the stairs in the process, and we met each other in the doorway. I mean, you can only experience <laughs> Shrek the Third once. Honestly, well, like, yeah. honestly, it won't be as good next time. He had gone completely pale and told me that he had finally asked for his money back after he had thrown up in the bathroom for most of the movie. Wow. Neither of us actually remember anything about the third Shrek movie, but we always have a laugh at what we call the infamous black dog incident. The black dog. I like that the black dog is used as a very striking metaphor for depression sometimes. That's so, that's the The physical manifestation. But I feel like that hot dog could be the new physical manifestation for depression. (laughs) Good Lord in heaven. Jesus, ate the whole thing. I mean, I'd be there with them because I mean, once I commit to something, I'll probably eat the whole damn thing. I just eat it because it sounds nice. Fuck off, Joe. Well, no. Come on. Hot dog jerky, guys. It does remind me. I don't know if I've told the story here before. Yes, I, you have of the barbecue. Yeah, the hot barbecue. Dog the, the, the slow cooked hot dog. It was one of the best things I've ever eaten in my mm. life. You was know? it purple, though, and bright pink in the middle? <laughs> no, it would basically look like, I don't know, some sort of uh, an aggregate, really, at the end of it. Like several sandstone conglomerates had come together, you know? But they said that Michael and his friend joke about it to this day, right? Yeah. Okay, so at least the friend is still... Alive. Yeah, still alive. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> still alive and kicking. Well, look, you might think, oh, that's not a kitchen nightmare, but Heston Blumenthal was went to set up and to try and fix all the food and cinemas once mm. for Channel 4, so it's as good a kitchen as you're going to get. Yeah. Don't forget to send yours to itsrawpod at gmail.com. But maybe it's time now that should we all settle in and head back to the old country... Because for the first time ever, we have got traditional Irish fare on Kitchen Nightmares and the It's Raw podcast. Guys, I'm so excited for a little slice of home here now. And it's been nearly over a year and a half since I've been able to be home. Mm. And it really was great when they were like traditional Irish fare. And I don't like to talk about this thing at the start. But when they said traditional Irish fare, and the first thing they said was spring roll. <laughs> How traditional are we talking here now? Yeah. I was going to ask you, my two English-British co-hosts, Uh-oh. what, if any, Irish fare that you are aware of? Bonus points if you're not racist. 
That would be great. Right, let me go first, because Joe's going to have some sort of advantage here, having yeah. actually been to Ireland before. <gasps> oh, <laughs> the pressure! <laughs> is there such a thing as Irish stew? There is, yeah. There we go. That's my answer, and I'm sticking Damn with that. It, that I'm was... done. I'm tapping oh. out. That's it. I got one right. That's all that matters. <laughs> That's the only one that you... <laughs> That's the only one I've tried. <laughs> Where did you try it? My mum used to make it all the time. because huh. I And I remember this because you hate Irish stew. It's literally the worst memories of my childhood. Damn. Eating Irish stew. I've asked you to make it for me before, and you're like, no. No. <laughs> I will never. <laughs> it's, the, it's the one time where I will just completely throw my home country into the bus and be like, no, we're making the best of British stew. Dumplings. Wow. <laughs> that works. Come on, you must have something else in your back pocket that you can remember from The thing Ireland. is, like, Ireland is actually, at least the bits I've seen, have been so multicultural and diverse mm. that, like... Oh, can't with had... the modern Ireland. Well, no, I like, like that. Seriously, what was it I had last time we were in Galway? I had, like, a pheasant tom car or something. Like, it what? wasn't... It was, like, a fusion-style cooking. There's, like, yeah, that's it's trash, just, yeah. I think the parts of Ireland I've happened to been to have been not very traditional. So an Irish spring roll really isn't that far out of the question, <laughs> I, I mean, guess. yeah, for me, I don't know, but I'm not Irish. Uh, most of the spring rolls I've eaten in my life I have eaten in Ireland. Mm. So, I mean, I guess there is something to be said for mm. that. I might pepper in some of the traditional Irish fare Please. throughout. Most of it is horrible in my mind mm-hmm. just because it is... Memories as a child of having boiled foods, Ooh. and a lot of the Irish food skews towards the boiled, oh. like uh, British. Yeah, but with British food, you're immersed in pasty culture, you oh, know. Yeah. And there's a lot of short crust, short crust pastry and suet in your cooking. Yeah, yeah that's where true. whereas over in Ireland, there's a lot of like root vegetables, yeah. you know, and and fatted meats that have been boiled, mm. and like bacon and cabbage, which like I'm sure oh, I'd love yeah. it now. But like, because I love cabbage, I absolutely do. I love party mm. sauce. I love salty potatoes. bacon water. Yeah, mm. but like as a kid, I, I remember like it's the closest me and my dad ever had to like having a fallen out. Because it, it was his favorite thing, and I'm like, I'm not eating it. He's like, it's my favorite. <laughs> it's my favorite thing, though. You're my son. You have to like it. <laughs> <laughs> and there was one time where to try and hit the middle ground, when Mum had gotten a nice bit of uh, a nice bit of ham for my dad for for his birthday dinner, and I was like, I really don't want to have this. So she got a nice bag of sausages, which I then cooked and ate as they had their dinner. And at the end of the meal, they just went, you've eaten an entire bag of sausages. Oh my God. Oh, you motherfuckers! <laughs> just sausages. No, I had other things as well. What a horrible thing to say. Yeah. You've eaten an entire you've, bag of sausages. You, you've done that to this family. Look what you did, you little <laughs> jerk. And far be it for me to fucking, you know, go for go all in on the, the oh, three boiled things on a plate. That's a great fucking mixture right there. Why don't I have some Irish stew as well where everything is boiled? Or why don't I have the traditional Dublin dish coddle, which consists of boiled onions, boiled potatoes, boiled rashers, and boiled sliced sausage. Sounds nice. No, no it fucking good. doesn't. There is Stop a part it. Of me, a part of me thinks, you know, some sort of stew. Like, that's yeah. all right. Okay, fine. you're not allowed to say this on a podcast, Joe, because I go to great pains to make sure that there's no wibbly bits I don't eat what? the wibbly bits <laughs> boiled bacon what do you think that is it's oh, a big wibbly bit it's all eat, coming out now I don't eat the bits of bacon obviously I just drink the delicious salty bacon broth <laughs> so you it just, adds flavour you want the cuddle juice you yes. don't want the cuddle this solids is, this is yeah. a problem actually when you're describing these things all these boiled things I'm picturing them in a bowl in some sort of stew yeah. are you saying you boil them and then remove them from the water and no. put them on a plate no no you pour the fucking sink water over it like. <laughs> okay, so it is still a broth you let, though, you let it like. sit there like yeah. It's a chunky soup. It's nice. It's got bits in. Right, well, we know we're having for dinner next year. (laughs) We're going to make some fucking coddle-like, you know. But but this episode isn't coming to us from Ireland now. No, No, it's it's not. America. We're coming to us from... Uh, and the hit it was the sad flute every time they say the word Ireland or Irish in this <laughs> as well, so by the sad. way. sad. I thought it was the most jolly flute I've ever we heard. We get both ends of the spectrum, <laughs> don't worry. Yeah, it, it, it goes between Morrowind and Witcher 3. Yeah. Times, I was going to you know. say it was Hobbiton at the start of the trilogy oh. and then Hobbiton at the end of the trilogy where yeah. it's like... <laughs> <laughs> Whereas at the start, it's way more... Oh, fireworks. Oh, you've been having too much of that pipe weed. Hey, look, 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 come on. Let's get into it, because as we all know, we have to find out, will Gordon find their pot of gold? Oh, no, and it was literally sparkling. Pot of gold? A pot of food that they made look like a pot of gold in edit. I just... Are you offended, Kevin? Are you offended? I would be offended, but, like, I've had so much fun, like 
being an absolute dick to American tourists back mm. in the day because you'd go to King's Court or you'd you'd go to the Alawee Caves or whatever as a kid and there'd be a lot of American people because a lot of American folks like to go on on, tri- on trips to Ireland so I'd find myself sharing a lot of Irish staycations with a lot of American folks who would very 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 much think that leprechauns were real oh, I'm not sure God. if they saw the meme in the picture of the man with the little hat and they thought well they're obviously real that's so lifelike mm-hmm. and I would I was a little teenage little prick would wind them up and tell them oh they're real yeah and I'd tell them about the ecology would you ask them for money no oh why not you may as well because <laughs> there was enough sport in it already <laughs> <laughs> so yeah I kind of I feel like if I have too much of a pop at Americans here make out I'm offended I like I'm not like I'm. it just reminds me of making fun of them so I'm kind of like alright with that but fair enough if you any of ye though the subjugators don't worry don't worry I know well enough to keep my trap shut nothing's gonna don't worry we already know where the pots of gold are we chuck them in the 1700s (laughs) (laughs) is every episode of Kitchen Nightmares prefaced with viewer discretion is advised not or I think it depends on the uploader. I think that's yeah. probably always there, but they sometimes cut it out. Maybe this was start. not on the official Ramsey channel. This oh, one. Right. This was. Uh, this and was. And it never uh, is. We should say they don't upload whole episodes there. We always have to rely on people like KNU Kitchen Nightmares Uncensored. Those are the people that are keeping this podcast going. The ones yeah. that are uploading episodes to YouTube. The true we salute them for their service. The Hamptons is our location for this. Okay, that's not what I expected. Now, I just remember Hamptons very often just being a plot point in things like Seinfeld, where it's like the fancy place where rich New Yorkers go in the summer. It's a big plot point in Gossip Girl. Every season starts with them being in the Hamptons, where it's like, well, that's another summer vacation over. Time <laughs> to go back to smelly old New York now. Like It's meant to just be like rich folk territory where people go for holidays. And I think right. they basically say that in the opening yeah. here. It's like all summer long, tourists, 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 all winter local rich folk being cold it's a bit miserable though to come to something that is clearly a tourist trap and go there in the dead of winter in the off season mm-hmm. like i can't imagine any place you would go to and it would not seem a little bit grimmer in this time of year but it's a fair point you've got to make a business survive through the winter as well as the summer like yeah. so let's see them at their worst i guess joe what did you make to our owner buddy 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 was a cop mm. so yeah he was a cop <laughs> Buddy retired as a cop and then immediately, like literally immediately, several hours later, opened up his restaurant. Mm-hmm. Interesting. A one day till retirement. One day till retirement. And then he hired his whole family, including his good son, Jason, and his <laughs> evil son, Brian, as the chef. And just to kind of put over like the one little bit of him being Irish, they have him like start to sing an Irish he oh, said. No. And he's like, My young love said to me. They're all just sat there awkwardly at the bar going, yeah, now, um, and my, I shot a Protestant child. Uh, (laughs) Come on, you know how it goes. Let's get going. uh, (laughs) I thought he'd start coming out with the war songs or anything, he doesn't. But I will say, as a former detective, I thought he'd be a really good person to have on because he's used to planting evidence. So if Gordon tries to, like, sneak a mouse in there, anything like that. He already knows the trick. I've been here before. So Jason works as the barman. Yes. And I couldn't, they wouldn't get much of a read on Jason. He just seemed like the tragic son, like. He seemed like he was in tears most of the time. I think he's the gentle boy who can't stand up for himself. He seems like, you know, he's he's the good he's the good child. Yeah. And he, no one can stand up to Brian, who's just a dickhead. I'm going to say this has become officially a Kitchen Nightmares trope now. Yes. When there's two brothers, you've got yeah. the sensitive one that's going to cry at some point. Yeah. He'll be doing a talking head where he gets emotional. And the other one who's really angry and arrogant, which is Brian in this case. Yeah. Like. And because it's an early season, it's only season one, episode seven. This is before they Realized having that having that dynamic with them look very similar is much Even better. better. So yeah. you know they're kind of they're going towards there. It's a journey, not a destination. Brian, the evil son, get out of here! Get out of here! The traditional Irish chef that he is, get out of here! They they just every fucking clip in this when it's like coming up next, get out of here! Yeah, Brian talks with his father, get out of here! This what is he an extra in The Sopranos? <laughs> Unreal. He's called Chef Shortcut. Chef Shortcut. Well, he takes a lot of shortcuts. It's very witty. I mean, Chef Shortcut. If I saw a YouTube channel called Chef Shortcut, I'd be like, ooh, yeah, all right. 
What are your shortcuts, chef? Yeah, do it all in one pot kind of thing. This is just literally everything is frozen. That's his short. He hasn't got loads of cool shortcuts and tips for you to save time. No. He has one shortcut. Uh, buy frozen food. Sorry, guys. Deep frying bacon? That's a shortcut right there. <laughs> like, a shortcut to a very bad time indeed. Jason's wife, Melissa, is the waitress who we see very little. We see very little of the staff, it feels, in this episode. Mm. Like, Gordon doesn't form much of a rapport with the, the wait staff. And she seems pretty much sick of this as well, uh, mm-hmm. you know. And I think Jason and Melissa are the, the two people who are hoping for better things to come from this restaurant. Yeah, Melissa genuinely seems like the glue that's holding this family together. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. She seems to get on with everyone. Because Jason's yes. a little bit kind of broken up here, I think. Yeah. He's got them arrears tears, which means he can't really focus. Yeah. That's it. I feel like he's kind of broken down and given up. Whereas Melissa, like you say, she's the go-between. She's the one person that's connecting all of these different parts together. Yeah. Something like when Gordon shows up underneath the Irish flag looks really fucking triumphant. <laughs> with the fucking free-to-play <laughs> fantasy RPG music in the background. Oh no, this is full on Novigrad. <laughs> Oi, big boy, wanna play some Gwent? <laughs> so long. <laughs> big fucking low energy arguments though from the, the actual family. It's like they're dysfunctional but they're not like I don't know. I mean, like, if they're trying to go, like, for, like, kind of, like, ah, the Italian family, they're dysfunctional. They fight like Italians. Mm. And then it's, like, the Irish family. They're Irish-American. They've got a vague sense of identity, so they just kind of argue, like, yeah, it wasn't really great, to be honest, you know. loud. No one said, for feck's sake, no one slammed a door. No, nothing like that. No one said, you'll be out there on your back. No one said anything (laughs) like that, like, you know. So it was was pretty much a non-Irish argument, as far as I was concerned. Food time! Here we go! And uh, before the food is released, we find out that Brian chugs pop. I, he chugs a pint in the kitchen and then immediately grabs his groin like... Yeah. Touches his dick in the kitchen. So fucking horrible. Alright, he's bad. But can anyone explain the waitstaff who were like, Yay! Go it. Brian! Chug, chug, chug. Has anyone ever been impressed by chugging here? Oh yeah, I'm impressed by chugging. Yeah? Yeah, I do. I, there is definitely, <laughs> there's, there's definitely a sport to it. Like... Just because I find beer so gassy Me and too. filling that I'm like, I'll have two sips and be like, oh, I need to slow down. <laughs> when I was in China briefly, uh, for uh, I did animal research there. And as part of the, the, the group I was with, the, the animal sanctuary, they all like to go on a Friday night and they'd all go to the local local tavern in, in the, the village near Chengdu and we'd all have a drink. And there was a special drinking game where they got a hollowed out log that had four holes in it, and each hole could hone around three or four pints, and they filled it up full of beer. And then three or four people all had to go up together, and they all had to pick up this log and tip it backwards, and they all had to chug in unison, like mm-hmm. all one by all, all together. And you had to account for height and stuff like that, because if you one person tried to chug too much, Jesus, someone in the end was going to get wet. Yeah, and like I remember doing it, and like I was like glug 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 glug, and looking down, like everyone was wet. And I'm like, oh yeah, because I'm like five foot fucking you know I'm, I'm two feet taller than a lot of these oh. other folks that are here and uh, <laughs> watching it though was the greatest thing because you would see someone either guaranteed projectile vomiting or that they just get covered in a beer so it was like non-stop fun that, that's chugging and 2.0 so right there so was this pub just fucking soaking wet all the time or something was it just fluids everywhere it was in like... a swimming pool <laughs> yeah, it's kind of weird in China it was like the only place we walked into where like me and a group of people walked into we drank beers and then they were like see ya and then we left and they didn't ask us to pay like, so... didn't really stop to look around I think like... I started a tab in Chengdu 10 years ago and I've never picked <laughs> it up like Ooh, a spring roll served with Protestant mustard. Coleman's mustard. It's from what? Norwich. What? English mustard. It's not even like they just say with mustard. They go out of their way to say with Coleman's mustard. You like can't a... fucking help yourselves, can you? Like Honestly. Plantations on my fucking spring starter. Rolls. Spring rolls. Irish spring rolls. I am... Spring rolls. I've, I've had a spring roll that had kind of kilty black pudding in it before. And it was fucking... Did you have it with mustard? <laughs> no, because that would be a bit... Yeah. Spring roll, actually, you're right. Sorry, your spring roll, great. Mustard, great. The two together. of them together. Mm. I eat spring rolls quite frequently because yeah. Chinese food is my favourite takeout. Spring roll and mustard makes me sad. You of all people, Joe. I love mustard. I, love I thought mustard. that combo would appeal I to love you. Spring roll. No, that doesn't appeal to me. If you're going to dip a spring roll, what are you dipping it in? Salty water or something. Dry. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, no, I get my cockle first and then my traditional Irish spring rolls afterwards for dipping, like, you know. 
So we don't actually get any specifics on these spring rolls. No. I don't know what's in them, what makes them Irish. Gordon just looks at it and goes, a very strange bizarre spring roll <laughs> and then it's on to the next dish yeah, yeah, he, he speculates that the customers are drunk for liking it right? well like you know most of my spring rolls I've eaten when I've been drunk yes but still mm, he's coming really close here to the whole Irish drinking thing I think he's dancing around yeah. that I ah think. well you know I mean you know Gordon he's a he's a very intelligent well rounded man from Scotland so mm. you know he's obviously got a lot to say on the subject you know don't throw stones in a glass house at another glass house alright it's just not <laughs> On, okay roasted salmon with the balsamic glaze it's fucking 2007 baby <laughs> never forget the episode of eat well for less where there was this lady and she would just buy like a liter of balsamic glaze and just go jesus and she just like dip prosciutto in it get a bag of rocket <laughs> cover it in a bottle of like it was her main food source yeah wow i've kind of gone off balsamic in recent years because of restaurants and sandwiches and stuff using it way too much it is a great flavor but i think i had it too much well like here he's covered that salmon in it <sighs> and the waitress herself says oh yeah he likes to use that a lot you know he's got a big jug of that under the counter Honestly. somewhere jet black never perishes oh. light cannot penetrate it i liked it though the roasted salmon because it was uh, it was very Irish, I thought, because we all know Finn McCool, uh, aka Fionn McCool, who is. Uh, do you know who Fionn McCool is, Joe? No. Adam, do you know who Fionn McCool is? I know the name. We were chatting very briefly before we started recording here. I said to Kevin, "Oh yeah, I know Finn McCool. He was like a mythological hunter slash warrior from Irish folklore." He's like, "How do you know that?" I don't, I don't know. <laughs> How do I know that? Oh, this is one of these things that was like, you know, not like your weird fucking thing when you were brought up taught to believe in dragons and shit like that. Like, you know, this weird fucking made up nonsense. In Ireland, we got the proper education. We about Phil McHill, who was a, a hunter warrior who also killed an evil wolf with uh, a hurl and uh, a slitter. And he also killed a giant man who breathed fire and read poetry. <laughs> as well and what I like about this just to bring it around the roasted salmon Fionn McCool he ate the salmon he had the salmon of knowledge <laughs> so he got don't you fucking laugh you St. George's Day monster he, he oh actually he didn't eat the salmon of knowledge but there was a, a salmon of knowledge in I a thought, river I thought the salmon of knowledge you had to, like, it gave you three wishes or something or <laughs> whatever they taught you, like, you know, in, in England, like, you know. And did he eat it with a, a slitter? Did you, what was, no! What's this, what's no, that so now? there was a poet who wanted to capture the salmon of knowledge, right? Mm. So, because you get the salmon of knowledge, nothing would be unknown to you. And then Fionn McCool, the great hunter, was out there. Only as a boy he was, mind. And he caught, the, he helped him catch the fish. And then when they went and they were, he was like, would you cook me the fish now? And as he was cooking the fish, didn't he put his thumb on the fish? And like you would, like like you would when it's hot, and he burnt his thumb, and then he sucked his thumb. For fuck's sake! And because of doing that, he gained all the knowledge of the salmon. Now you might ask yourself, where did the salmon of knowledge get his knowledge? Easy, the salmon of knowledge at the nuts of knowledge. That's how right. he Salmon's gained naturally. He, this salmon did. This is a pretty special salmon. It's though, a pretty like. damn special salmon, like salmon Strutting and knowledge. around, picking up nuts. <laughs> and the best thing is the poet was like, Aris, since you've done it now, eat the fish, sure. And he did. But he doesn't need to, right? Because he... You can share the fish. You yeah. can share the knowledge. And then later on, anytime Fiona Kill's like, hang on, I need to know everything, he'd suck his thumb. But I thought he just knew everything. Why do you have to suck your thumb? I don't, don't have a goal you for don't sucking have to his suck thumb. Your thumb. It's just yeah. something that he did. There's lots of reasons why he might suck his thumb, you know? It's just something that he, it's just something that he did. All right. He's wise, is why it is. Well, I'm just saying, away. these days it's not wise to go around sucking your thumb. Coronavirus. Wash your hands. <laughs> the, the virus might be on your yeah. thumb. Exactly. Yeah. You know, don't be going around hugging fish like yeah. willy nilly and stuff like that. <laughs> and the best thing is that when I was a kid as well, because it was the radical 90s, any teacher who teach you about that, they'd be like, no. Fionn McCool, who's a pretty cool dude no. himself now, so he was, yes. huh? And I'd be like, oh, like C-O-O-L, like no, it's Irish, so like C-A-U-I-E-L-G-H-L-G-H-L-L-E-F-A-D-A-I-O-A, that spells cool. Cool. So there you go, Fionn McCool, you've all learned a little bit uh, about knowledge there now about that. I feel like you're the salmon of knowledge here, Kevin. Oh, quickly! And we, we've just licked our thumb. Yeah, you, can all, you can all have the lick of a thumb. This morning I was eating the oats of knowledge. You say that's how I was able to do this. Did Gordon have anything to say about the salmon itself? Horrible. 
That's all he said. <laughs> Horrible. Why do we get nothing about this? Very little chat Naff- Considering this is season one of what is meant to be a show about restaurants, there is very little talk about the food in this. Yeah. A lot of it's to do with family drama, and they just can't wait to get to that. I mean, I just, I know I meant to be covering food, but I was just drawn in by the Irishness of it all and the, the mm. attempts at Irish food, including the ultimate Irish recipe, shepherd's pie, which, mm-hmm. if you want my tip as an Irishman, never, ever, 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 ever order that, like, ever, anywhere, ever, because I think it's a meal which can only be made at home by your mum. Oh, You know, I think it's just one of those things... Shepherd's pie, is that something you guys had growing up? Yeah, yeah. a few times. Yeah, yeah, shepherd's pie. What, what makes a shepherd's pie a shepherd's pie? The, the, is it mash on top? Or like no, it's the, la- it's the meat inside. Isn't oh, it? is that what makes it? Ah, yes. Because yes. shepherds have to look after sheep, so it has to be lamb. You're right, that's it. As opposed to cottage pie, which yes. is beef. There you mm-hmm. go, because in a cottage you'd have cows. So <laughs> 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 What I love about that is like if you get a shepherd's pie anywhere, you will just get a cottage pie. Like They're not giving mm-hmm. you lamb mince, no way. Oh my God, I would be furious. Oh yeah. Because I do not like cottage pie and I love shepherd's pie. I, I've had so many bad shepherd's pie experiences because it was like one of my favourite things as a kid because like in Egypt, like I'd, I'd eat my mum's and think it's the best thing in the world and then on rare occasion, my granny would make it mm. and my granny, she didn't believe in mince. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> what? She didn't believe in mince. So that was like some sort of like, I don't know, an English scam or something like that. Like. <laughs> so instead, what we used to have when she did it was that she would make a, a leftover roast lamb and she would cut it up small. And okay. then have oh, that, that sounds crazy. good. That's how it sounds great. That's, that's the yeah. fucking that's main the way. way. Yeah. The only way is yeah. oh, yeah. so That's so grandma good. Met way. Grandma methods, the best. Did anyone catch how Gordon described the shepherd's pie? It's just a big ball of grease. <laughs> He started coughing after he ate it. Yeah, drinking water is like spicy. <laughs> <laughs> and then the sentence I had in particular is where he put it back down and he went, that is gusting. It's <laughs> <laughs> so bad, I'm not even going to say the whole word. And then um, he has to run away to the oh, toilet. Fuff. No, he doesn't have to. He decides, oh, this would be a good time for me to go and make some comedy retching sounds. Yeah, I mean, a little bit on the fucking nose. (laughs) I'm being sick. (laughs) That was so gusting. (laughs) But Brian, I mean, he's he's on solid ground. It was taught to him from someone who was taught by someone who went to Ireland. Exactly. Not from or lived there. Went there once. Just so you know. So I feel I could teach somebody to teach somebody else how to make a Japanese pie. That's it, and Adam knows someone who's went to Ireland now, yeah. so he Same could death. he could go and teach someone as well. I've like. never cooked one, but I mean, I have I have You've went got the to knowledge, Ireland. Though. Yeah, <laughs> I just assume it's in there somewhere. We've licked the lamb of knowledge. Like. <laughs> <laughs> one final thing that he says about the shepherd's pie, mm. he says it tastes like cough mixture. That's random. That, that was really worrying. That's alarming. If anything Whoa. tastes like medicine, like. especially so a pie. <laughs> <laughs> Gee, how could he get there? Did he put balsamic in? I bet he fucking did. I bet that's what it is. Oh Jesus Christ! Look, if you want a decent recipe for for shepherd's pie and it's not really expensive and really cheap, the one from Scott Pilgrim versus the Worlds, the the vegan shepherd's pie. Oh yeah, I was vegan for a year and I, that and I like my shepherd's pie and that was a decent one. Let me huh. tell you, not so bad. Indeed. So obviously we've tried the foods now. What's the next logical thing to do in an episode of Kitchen Nightmares? Go to the fire department. Uh, of course, it's fire of department course. time. Well, the Coast Guard were busy, you see, guys. So we have to go there. Um, I was so surprised, and I was like, you know what? Hats off to you. Very impressed there, now, Gordon, the gang. That we went to an ad break and Gordon was going to the fire station and we didn't imply that there was going to be a fire at some point. No, didn't go too far. I uh, swore they were going to like have like the fireman folding his arms and be like, Whoa! Oh my god! <laughs> That's a season six thing to do, I'd say. <laughs> so yeah, uh, he chats with the fire department, asks them their thoughts on the local spot, Finn McHill's. Gordon asks them to try the restaurant again. And he may as well have asked them to urinate on the rock by the way they responded. Yeah, they're not happy. <laughs> and they're not, it's not like they're playing it up for the cameras being like, oh my God, it's so bad. They're literally just like, yeah, I mean, if, I if, you, if you really to. want us to, I guess we could come for dinner. Like, you know, they, He's saying here that if it's the restaurant and you have to survive the winter months or whatever, you need to have the local community on your side, which makes sense. And yeah. he, he was trying to say that 
if the firemen go there, that's how you know it's a good restaurant. Like in Galway, it, the thing that people always would say is if you saw the cop cars outside of it, you get a decent meal. Mm. But that makes you wonder as well, why not the cops? Buddy was a cop. I yeah, know. honestly. Where what are his all cop precincts? Friends? Yeah. <laughs> what, what went happened? down in that yeah. precinct? Yeah, yeah. what happened? I broke my boy. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I'm thinking that it's more of a cop thing, but it's like, yeah, the firemen eat there. And look, I'm not trying to make, you know, make generalizations about people working in emergency services, but like you're working late nights, it's mm-hmm. going to be like a tough job. You need to have a big feed on you. Mm. And if you are asked to go to a restaurant and you work in that type of a job and your reaction is, oh, it's a lot of fried food though. <laughs> like you literally need a few fried foods in you to do that job for the lubrication <laughs> to keep the, keep you going. Like So that's not a good sign at all. We head back to the kitchen for a quick inspection. Oh. Old open cans. Those artichokes. Those moldy canned <laughs> artichokes. They look like they're in amniotic fluid. They are. So <laughs> Everything comes in its own sauce here. Everything. <laughs> Except for what I could best describe the gnarls of meat. It looks like driftwood. It's Gordon. so old. Oh. Gordon, he genuinely uses a pork chop as a hammer. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I just like when he has a big load of raw chicken and it just looks like a big old jellyfish and he's like holds it back and all the sacks open up. What is that? Yeah, he goes kitchen knife. Like it's the most honest he's ever been. Like I don't season one. Yeah, he doesn't think he's been filming. He's like kitchen nightmare. It's more like kitchen disaster. <laughs> he's just taking it back. Oh dear, we've got a literal ball of deep fried bacon. <laughs> oh. Ball. A bucket of slime. What is that? That Gordon sticks his head directly into. <laughs> Fucking hell. He was always upset, you see, Joe, that his star rose after Noel's Harv's party ran at its course. Yeah. You know, he never got to be gacked, so he has to do it himself, <laughs> like, you know? Did you see the one clean thing he found in the kitchen? <laughs> what was it? It was a copy of his cookbook. Oh, and he held it up with a little smile. <laughs> Dear, he literally untouched. They just clean it, you know. They'll make a big deal about it. The kitchen, not the book. Not the book. Yeah, no, yeah. Gordon puts stuck that on to clean it. Yeah, and he gets stuck in himself. You see him scrubbing a few things. It's my favourite part of these early kitchen nightmares. <laughs> yeah. Gordon uh-uh. clean himself because you can actually tell just by the clips they use how good he is at it. Oh yeah, yeah, he, yeah no, he's got to be like yeah. you can't be a head chef at any or come up the way he did. Yeah, yeah. you know, back in them old fucking cocaine cowboy Wild West days. Like, there's no way. That's it. I, we should like remind everyone as well that Gordon is genuinely speaking from a position of authority he has been there and done that with everything required in these episodes the only thing we take umbrage is is the amount of times where he doesn't actually get involved and he just pretends that he has got involved we know he can do it I'm reckoning by what ulcer one he's he's not doing shit like this anymore like you know the graft goes with the ulcer is what I'm saying like (laughs) day two service if only there were some customers it's amazing how they managed to get like you know, a few people in, even. You know, yeah. Well, the firemen impressed. have arrived in their fire trucks, which <laughs> they did actually use a clip of out of context, I realised, at the beginning of the show, but they mm. made it look like an ambulance. They made it seem as though Buddy had a heart attack at the beginning, <laughs> and then the firemen showed up to, like, rescue him, but it's just them in their fire trucks with their sirens and alarms on, going to eat some food. <laughs> they, they look so fucking embarrassed when they come out. Yeah. They're, like, like, they've been told by a producer three or four times, please just... Do the sirens, do the sirens, do the sirens. Oh, 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 it's a waste oh, of taxpayers' money. I just like the idea of four men arriving individually looking upset. Like, you know, <laughs> one's dressed up like a fireman a little bit as well. He's yeah. got his shirt on. Aww. I tell you what, I fucking call the police for them nachos. Jesus no! Christ. State of that. What were they? Garbage, mate. They actually, it actually looked like garbage. It literally yeah. did. Now, I don't mind a multicoloured pasta or whatever mm-hmm. but very often if you come at me with nachos like with the red nacho and the green nacho mm-hmm. and the white nacho and that? you know that's stale that's it yeah you know that's from a big old bag yep. you know mm-hmm. right at the back of the aisle at costco speaking of though gordon asks brian the evil son when was the last time you had fresh vegetables in this kitchen what does he say? Last summer. Last summer. Last, Last summer. summer. What the fuck is this Stardew Valley and you can't get any vegetables <laughs> anymore? Come on, like. And yeah, every time like he's he's there like and he's cooking away and you just have Buddy going, Chef shortcut. What do I got? What do I got to say about it? Yeah. Yeah. Chef. Like, just because you've got a nice burn from doesn't mean the problem's solved. That's like, it. You you know? Make it okay. Step one: 
Burn. Yeah, step two, plan. Come on, like we got to get into this. Mid-cooking, being asked why something is frozen and not sourced from elsewhere does suck, though. I did have sympathy for him. Yeah, there's like, honestly, there are certain things here where it's like, Gordon, you're not going to do anything helpful by grilling him about this now. Man, He's in the yeah. middle of making food. You questioning his logic behind his choice of ingredients is not going to help anyone right now. Wait till later to do that. But of course, it's just because it's the high-pressure situation. Yeah. Gordon's trying to get a reaction. He knows like... he's going to scream and yell and throw mm -hmm. a tantrum. The producers here have been faced with a challenge. The firemen have gotten their meal, mm. and it's not great. Mm. It's not a disaster. It's just not great. So instead of doing the whole, you know, 86 the corned beef sandwich, or like, this salmon's raw and smashing or whatever, instead they just bring him out, and it's like chef's table in MasterChef, but really depressing. And they're like, and he's like, what didn't you like about your meal? And the guy's just stood there and the guy's like, um, well, I ordered the corned beef sandwich and it was like, it was a little dry, to be honest. And the guy's like, yeah, the terabit, I mean, I mean, it wasn't great. Like, it wasn't flaky. So, I mean, you know, you just didn't do a very good job. And the guy's like, Mm -hmm. What's really funny is that Brian describes himself on numerous occasions as being an extremely confident, self-assured yep. person. And yet here he is for the first time ever, it seems, being made to confront a customer, mm -hmm. a paying customer, and actually accept the criticism that they are giving him. And he says he just tells them, he says he wants to tell them to shut up because they're not pro chefs, so they don't know what they're talking about. But mm -hmm. he doesn't cause a scene, though. That's it. He no? wants to tell no. them to shut yeah. up. But he do, he's just got this sort of faraway look in his eye where he's like, I want to kick your ass, but I'm not that confident yeah. or angry. Yeah, like. they, they just haven't gotten it yet. Like, I don't think they've gotten the uh, the fiery enough chef to do this because he's all talk, this lad. And, mm -hmm. he, you know, as soon as he's told to do something, he pretty much does it most of the time, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Oh, here we go now. This guy was making nachos earlier. <laughs> this, this, I remembered this vividly. This yeah. is like one of those kitchen nightmare moments that is stuck in my memory. This guy's, this guy's fuck up and his explanation, which reaches trailer park boy levels it of... It really does. Of, of dumbness. It really does. So this guy's called Francis, I believe it is. Yes. He's the guy who was making the garbage pail nachos earlier. Mm -hmm. uh, what happens here, gang? One of the wings is meant to go in the fryer. He drops it on the floor by mistake. And let's just preface this by saying Gordon Ramsay is less than a metre away from this man. Stood there <laughs> looking directly at him. And the guy knows Gordon's there. Drops a wing on the floor. Picks it up. Chucks it back in the fryer again. And Gordon is literally like... He, he starts laughing. He doesn't know, yeah, he doesn't know what to do. Because he's like, did he really just do that? What's his, uh, what's his rationale, Joe? What's the scientific explanation? His very, very elaborate scientific explanation. He's sterilizing it. He's cleaning it. Because when you put a food in the fryer, it, it cleans all the stuff on the floor <laughs> so off. So throwing garbage the in the wing. lake, it kind of filters it down yeah, in the way. It goes away. Clears like... it out, you know. I love deep fried floor bits. Oh, the scraps, yeah, I You call probably them. do, Joe. <laughs> oh god look i have to point this out right now because you know i thought i was being you know cheeky kevin just going outside my remit so i could do the irish episode and i know in the recent episode you were saying you wanted to find out about you know the producers you know their, their fingers in the pie mm. and trying to set up drama and stuff like that this episode is actually notorious online now, this is mostly coming from one interview that's kind of you know when one interview kind of disseminates to a lot of kind of clickbaity type yeah, blogs yeah. and stuff but anyway, our man Francis here, allegedly, he was hired at the producer's insistence literally a couple of days before no the Oh my god. Now, I'm not sure if it's the case where they like, go in there and put shit on the floor, or if it's a case of, like, you know... Nathan Fielder. They, they found the worst guy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the worst. And, like, or, like, they found someone, like, are you willing to just throw food on the floor? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll do that. That's wild. I've heard so of them, funny. like, planting stuff and making planting stuff look worse. Yeah, planting a person. And Buddy's there, one. like, whoa, I've planted evidence, but I'm planting a purple. <laughs> whoa, man, that's fucking hot. That's <laughs> unbelievable. Day three, and Buddy finds out how much that he's losing every time. It's $20,000 a month. A month. A month. He's handling it well. For a man who says he's up at night not sleeping because he's had to take personal loans out, like, you know? I will say, of all the... And it pains me to say this with the guy being a retired cop, but of all the different owners we've had on Kitchen Nightmares, he comes off as one of the more reasonable, like, yeah. that's a good point, Gordon. Yeah, I see that. I need to fix this or whatever. He's not, like... 
He's not got any ego, he's not got an anger issue or anything. He seems pretty reasonable and easy to get through to, like... Mm. Oh, yeah, and I mean, he's got a lot going on. It's like, this isn't the only thing that he's doing as well. Uh, he has another business that he's working on at the same time Does as well. He? And another business which he would actually retire out of this restaurant and back into full-time. Guys, he's got his own private detective agency. Oh my god! Which you is still Nathan Fielder, running like... to this day. Oh okay, my so god! My, got my man on LinkedIn. My wish, <laughs> my hope is that the reason he's not friends with any of his cop buddies is because, like, he started an investigation to, like, I don't know, yes! racism, here and they were go. like, "Let's here get him go. fired." He's actually a hero. He's actually after a hero. All. Yeah. What was that name you had for him down in Aid? Two-Face, buddy, Two-Face. <laughs> so yeah, buddy. He's there, you know, he's he's the only one who seems to be taking any sort of a financial fall. And despite it being a big family business, it seems to be that it's solely located on him, The this kind of, the, the, the red, so to speak. I think that's why I warmed up to him a little bit more, because he says here that he's never cashed a paycheck since he started yeah. this. But everyone else has always been paid on time. And that's a big deal for an owner on Kitchen Island. Never get that on that the never show. That never happens. No. no, absolutely not. Brian gets taught how to cook shepherd's pie. I'm not going to lie, Gordon's didn't look a whole lot no, better. No, it looked mm. bad. It, it looked like a no, fucking meringue yeah, or a no trifle or something. Like. No browning. You need to, right, on the top of that, okay, I'm going to say it now, not loads, but a sousant of a cheese in there. They did there. that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and you need to have maybe as well, I'm going to say it, maybe some sort of a little root veg, get another, maybe a little bit of carrot or a tiny bit of parsnip in there at the top. And it needs to go under that grill. You need to have yeah. a knife. Yeah, yeah. And you, run, you don't do the piping. Yeah, you run the fork. You run the fork. You get the fucking the craggly face. The piping is so 70s. Yeah, it really looks like a dinner party piece from like, you know, something you would see way back in the day. Yeah. Is that what they're going for, do you reckon, with it being maybe. in the middle of the Hamptons and it's this Irish pub or and whatever? Probably an older clientele, I exactly. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it it looked really bad, and I was gonna slate it even more until they bring out Brinesman again. Just so you know, it can actually look paler. Like. It looks like shaving foam. Or something. It's so bad. It looks like an airline meal that's not been heated up or yes. something like that. Yeah. It, it, I can't believe. I don't. Can you get potatoes that white? frozen fucking hell processed ones I don't know even Smash has got a kiss of sunshine on it like you know bleached (laughs) Brian uh, leaves then oh well first of all Buddy tells Brian to stop drinking with his buddies because he keeps challenging everyone to drinking competitions so Brian quits (laughs) outright storms off right and again this didn't happen Oh. What? The van speeding away? That was a plumber leaving the restaurant. <laughs> so like Brian, Brian did a big interview about this, and he was like, "Yeah, no, I didn't. Uh, I didn't leave. I didn't quit." And he also revealed as well the reason why he actually got the call for this is that he unsuccessfully applied to be on Hell's Kitchen. And then they're he like, "Totally looks like a yeah. Hell's Kitchen." He contestant. does, and I think you know he'd be good in there. He has a bit of the passion, the fire. He is trying to play a bit of a character, but I think when he actually has to do the job as opposed to doing a contest or a silly competition, mm. yeah, I feel like they they realize quite quickly maybe we should just go to cast offs from Hell's Kitchen because it yeah. didn't quite work out. Right. You know when you're fucking adding a sp- like a Simpsons like to like just a, a plumber leaving normally wow. it, made me, it made me think like why has he got this big fucking van with like a ladder on the side of it? <laughs> like, come on so it's time for service but we've got no brine so buddy's running the kitchen for a little bit yeah, and wouldn't you know it, the guy that owns the restaurant and has never cooked before isn't a very good chef. But Gordon can't bring himself to be like mean to him because he's, he's asked him kind to of, that. He's like he's fair and mean. harsh. He's a little mean, yeah. There's a bit where he's like, wow, Buddy couldn't even find a doily, let alone cook a flounder. Sweating, dripping, now smashing plates. His own <laughs> plates. <laughs> Like, we'll literally give the guy a break. You've thrown him into a heaving kitchen when he's never he worked in one before. He does break a lot of stuff, though. There's, like, constant... I don't know if they're I've just, like, there. adding that in post, but, like, he breaks so much Actually, stuff. Actually, yeah, I, I don't know what to believe anymore. Those <laughs> yeah. plates probably That's weren't true, real. That's true, yeah. Like. Planted later, like, you know. <laughs> so, he has a heart-to-heart with Brian. It's very, very... Ch- you know, it gets right to the point, pretty much. You know, him and Brian, he just gives him the, like, not point not not one percent of, like... You know, like sometimes I get sad. And Brian's like, oh my fucking God, really? <laughs> Brian looks like he's fallen in love with yeah. Gordon. Yeah. Genuinely, it's like he's... Ne- Gordon asks him, do you have anyone you can talk to? And it's like the guy's... Like, no one's ever asked him that yes. before. Yes, how are yeah. you or whatever. Yeah. And he starts chugging his soda. <laughs> no. 
Oh, he just he just needed a, a like the lightest of chats. Yeah, that's what this is. This again, season one before Gordon thinks he's a proper therapist or whatever. He literally just says like, "Have you got anyone you can talk to?" And he just says like, "You know, the whole family's relying on you. You've got one of the most important roles here." And that's it. That yeah. apparently fixes everything with this guy. Oh, I mean, like, you see, when I was a teacher, you'd see it as well. Like, there's a kid, and, like you usually just go there you are now. They'd be like, "Yeah," and then all of a sudden they're not a bad kid anymore. Yeah. And they stop setting shit on fire. But like. then by the time you got to like season six of your teaching careers, when you were like, "Now tell me about your." Father, let's join me in the boxing. <laughs> we'll talk Boss, about this. Your sister. <laughs> we get the redesign, which Gordon, I guess, is like a subtle dig at the Irish because it looked a bit shit before, and it looks just like a different type of shit. It's now. exactly the same. I couldn't tell any difference. I oh, got gingham. That's what he got. They, I don't know if I missed it. I don't know if you two saw this, but they didn't show any before and afters or anything. No. They were just like here it is, and I was like, okay, let's see what it used to look like. When he I came can't in, see any difference. he complained there was net curtains and stuff like that. Like he's like, oh, it's kind of a bit like somewhere you'd go, like with, as an old man or something like that. That's not a renovation though. Taking the curtains yeah. down. <laughs> no, I mean, he literally just gave it the, the the mildest spruce up. The money went into that big sign out the front that yes. they gave him, so they yeah. got a big sign. Everyone cries. Yeah, it it shows you like how much I guess they're struggling and putting on a brave face, and I guess the difference between some of the other family-run businesses on this that everyone is like, even though they're a bit upset with each other, they don't seem to be tearing strips off each other. Nah. Like feels like no one's really got an extra grind with anyone. You know, the worst you get is calling someone who's costing you twenty grand a week chef shortcut. Exactly. Yeah. Again, it's season one. Everything's like all the flavors are all still quite mild at yeah. this point in time. And the the, the sign being revealed, it was full on like you know. Rosie, what yep. the first of the strawberries with cream? Like, it was so fucking emotional. And we got a new menu full of mostly sauceless dishes to keep the uh, the old uh, black tar out of the, and out no, of the kitchen. And no deep frying. No, no deep frying, None of yeah. it at all now, no. We've got Irish classics like Guinness Burger. Guinness Burger. Oh, I think that sounds really nice. <laughs> Guinness no, Burger. No, that sounds nice. No, no, it doesn't. What you want to say is like a, a beef burger that has been grilled with Guinness or whatever. You know, yeah. describe it like that. When Infused. you say Guinness Burger, I'm thinking I'm going to bite into a burger. <laughs> A load of Guinness comes squirting yeah, out. Yeah, you come out with a froth like, on your moustache. Like, <laughs> you want a good head on that burger. <laughs> I tell you now, though, as a man who, who did it a few times, if you want to be full uh, before a night out, Guinness in a burger. Oh, like, yeah, I bet. It's a two-course meal right there. That's <laughs> great if you're feeling anemic. The Fireman Chicken as well, which... Okay, a couple of things about the Fireman Chicken. Number one... There's, it's going to be done table side. It's carve it at the table. Carve the table. He's literally done that already. He did that in the Priory, right? Mm-hmm. On, yeah. on the UK Kitchen yes. Nightmares. And it did save it because the old people liked the idea of the carvery of you know, queuing up for your meat. But he did it at the table side, essentially. And it was great. Here, though, it does feel a little bit random. I'm not sure why it's a fireman chicken, if it's just to be pandering to them, like... Burnt or something. Why are you not going to play your fire unless you put a special fucking meal on for us? It's corrupt fireman, like. Do you like these gimmicks? I've never got the whole sort of, like, we'll carve the chicken next to you or we'll toss the salad in front of you. I think it's awkward. Everyone yeah. has to, like, oh, let's just stop our conversation and watch this Can we have a little bit more small talk, please? Yeah, like, I, it's so uncomfortable to me. But Gordon insists that it creates uh-huh. this buzz and this nah, atmosphere. I don't want to hear the second stanza of my parents table side banter and oh, passion. No. you know once we've been through I've eaten all, I'd have eaten all of that you know or you could tell we hated that or you know oh, that's the worst <laughs> every fucking time like you know uh, the, the real one though is when we segue from the I thought there was a pattern on that place to if it's long enough it'll tell the story of how my mother gave birth to me like because (laughs) she first did that joke after she gave birth to me so uh, she likes to tell that story and as a premature baby it's not really table side patter I don't think like you know mom don't tell him I'm premature oh my god but yeah I think as well like I don't trust Buddy to carve my chicken no, because he's not got any food skills. He's the owner of the restaurant and a retired cop. Why yeah. is he the one carving the chicken? Like, I, I have done, like, a roast chicken for, like, you know, for, for a group of us before. Mm-hmm. But I'm always very kind of like, you know, I, I make sure to check with everyone how you like it and what you like. Yeah, what meat you want. You know, because yeah, I, I, I like to gnaw on a thigh. And if mm. someone's going to cut up that dark meat, I'm going to be a sad man right mm-hmm. there. You putting that arsehole in the bin? What the <laughs> fuck is going Where is it like, you know? It. Unreal stuff here. And as well, I don't know if tableside service, if they'd be like, like who wants the skin? And no. like, yeah, that's it. You know, you're not Just gonna leave get the that. chicken in the knife and go back to the kitchen, yeah. thank you. Brian gives a big old speech. 
you know, and they try to play a little bit of Irish music to make it out like he's fucking King Theoden right. or something like that. And he goes, let's kick this thing in the ass. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> Joe, did you catch the default Sims name for the <laughs> local critic that shows up at the restaurant? No. Fussy Critic-a-ting-ting-ting. Sabrina Mashburn. <laughs> Mashburn. Oh Mashburn. Fucking incredible. The restaurant is absolutely heaving. There's literally mm. queues out the door, yep. which I've never seen on Kitchen Nightmares before. Yeah, because this is another producer's trick they've never done again, which is uh. they overbooked it by a hundred people. Oh Fuck my off. god! So they literally put it over. They doubled the capacity to long. To... Poor Gordon. Why would you do that to him? And Honestly. do you wonder why? Honestly, I think the reason they did this is because with the simple fare, it's simple pub fare. The menu. They have a decent enough staff and all that. Like it's not, yeah. you know, it's not like the worst place by any stretch. Yeah, but, but new menu, new menu, and all that. It. But I think they thought they wouldn't get the drama unless they had people. And it's fucking it's the dead of winter. Why is there two hundred people yeah. in this restaurant? But we're not meant to have the drama. This is the relaunch. This I is know. the big yeah. successful ending. Have the drama in the first night. This is meant to be. Look, Gordon did a great job. It's worked out great. So it I'm, makes everyone look really bad. And yeah. when exactly we're gonna cut the legs out from underneath them? And, uh, oh, on the relaunch. Good, good, good. Yeah, yeah. Good, good. <laughs> So it's relaunch night. Uh, a couple of weird things happening, like oysters being served with a side salad. I know that makes you the biggest snob in the world, but like. Yeah, but to be fair, who the fuck eats the side salad next to an oyster? Yeah, I know, right? I mean, give me the lemon. I want to eat that. Like it's tequila. <laughs> like you know, you do the you do the the salt on your your thumb, and Ooh. then you you eat the you eat the lemon, and then you knock back the shot of oyster, <sighs> all in one, down in one. Gordon keeps telling Melissa to oh. smile more, and I... then she says she's worried she's gonna cry over the salad. I relate to her so much. Yeah. Like yeah. everything's changed. Like here's all these new new things. There's a hundred people queuing out the door. Go 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 go! Yeah, so overwhelming, and all you want to do is go in the like walk into the freezer and have a cry yeah. or something like that. But nope, can't do that. I, I'm gonna say them chickens. I I I roast a chicken at least once a fortnight. Mm-hmm. You know, so I I I've made a lot of underwhelming chickens in my earlier years. And that looked like one of them right there. The colour on that chicken. Looked naff. It looked really... Where, wh- why is this chicken not got an ass? It's what not, happened to not it? It's cooked for long enough. And it's also like really small. It's so it's like small. half a chicken. I thought it was like, a poussin. But it if only it like, yeah. yeah. I mean, no, that'd be a kind of a higher end piece. It just looks like it's, you know, one of them chickens that's been put in a box so small when it's fucking growing up that yeah. it can't yeah, develop Jesus. its legs or something like that. And these are the chickens that are named after the fireman. It's the fireman <laughs> chicken. That's one of the big things. We're going to suck up to the local fire department because they're going to bring the customers in. I figured fireman chicken, there'd be like, you know, a bit of spice on it, be a bit something sizzling, like something yeah. like that. But regardless, it's it's the fireman specialty. So where, where are the firemen at? Where are they at the minute? Well, the fire chief's been waiting to be seated for over an hour. Ah, that's not good. And the, the food critic is pissed as well. As Gordon points out to the chef, Brian, every customer is your critic, but this one is a food critic. <laughs> oh, no. Says it all. He's gone through to Brian, though, I reckon. You know, I, I, I think oh, yeah. so. You know, Brian, His attitude's changed. Like, yeah. it, does, like, it doesn't come in across as the total disaster that it no doubt is like considering that they have been literally sabotaged by yes. the producers here I think they did decent enough yeah. on the relaunch night yeah that's true it could have gone way worse but the, the worst part the most damning thing and honestly if I was them I would have cut out the whole fire department storyline yeah. the fire chief just leaves yeah. oh, he's like oh fuck this this sucks I'm not waiting around so he just fucks off and it's like well we set up all- we spent ages setting up this fire department storyline the special menu with the show and then he just leaves in a huff like Fucking so bad hell. we end our time here with a really kind of tender moment it feels with the family they're all there Gordon is chatting with them and saying like you know, you've risen to the challenge and all that he goes to Brian and he says thank you chef you did such a great job and mm-hmm. Brian is like just being called chef yes you know, without, me chef. without shortcut coming after it yeah. quite quickly it means a lot to him he's like wow Gordon Ramsay says that and look if you're applying for fucking Hell's Kitchen and Kitchen Nightmares you're a Ramsay fan definitely like, he absolutely is I think he was trying not to let on that much and they had the nice little moment with the family and all that and then they pan back and you see that the entire restaurant is there just watching them and yeah. then they burst into applause <laughs> it is so weird really uncomfortable that is like the most imagine being there eating your meal mm. One time, me, Adam, and Billy went out to eat a dinner, and belly dancing happened before our food came out. And we were so hungry, sat there with this belly dancer in front of us. We we're like, I just wanted food. Mm-hmm. And the idea of sitting there waiting while this like, big emotional speech happens, that's somehow worse. Yeah. Really weird. So, two months later, things are going well. 
business is thriving, it seems, even though they're in the in the, the, the off-season still. But they still seem to be, you know, ticking away nicely. The new menu's gone over well. The locals seem to have finally embraced Finn McCool's Everyone, and everyone is still there doing their job. Mm-hmm. Buddy's still the owner. Brian's still the head chef. The brothers are actually getting on. Yeah, yeah. they're a team now. Yeah. They get on well. Which is really nice because, yeah, during the relaunch night as well, the other brother was just running around like a headless chicken. Miserable. Daddy saw him. Yeah, yeah he, he was just the man who was being shouted at pretty much the whole night. So, pretty nice end there. And they say that the shepherd's pie is the pride of the community as well oh. there now. So. And, and... Buddy took a chip paycheck. Hey! Yay! Happy ending. Yeah. Until. Oh, <laughs> it's time for the catch up now. Two years afterwards, it burnt down and the fire department didn't come to. No. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. And then the fire chief, he found like heroin in his glove compartment. It was crazy. They matched it up. Is that the one? <laughs> <laughs> so I mean I always feel bad for season one stuff where it's literally starting off and it's like join us on the preamble before the global financial crash oh. 2009 Buddy has to sell on the restaurant right. there's a buyer there they were getting really good reviews generally speaking they got uh, the food critic wrote a nice piece about them in the local paper on Yelp they were getting decent enough reviews people praised the service and said the food was good and that they stuck with the old menu for the the biggest failing it seems to be is that the menu didn't change much in those few years when he sold the restaurant on as well buddy to go and be a full-time private eye they kept on all of the family as a staff which huh. was really nice and they continued to tick away there very very nicely in 2012 sadly though that restaurant and a number of others in the area they all closed down and apparently there was some issue with a lot uh, with the leases. A lot of the landlords around there, there was some issue apparently that caused a whole number of restaurants to go at once. Damn. I think there was an attempt to negotiate terms or something that didn't work. So sadly, it was last seen boarded up. Shit. But as it pertains to the family, Buddy, not only a private eye trying to take down the corrupt Hampton police force, <laughs> he also got a PhD in criminal science in 2013. Oh, look at that. Look at that. So yeah, I'm now following Dr. Buddy over there on LinkedIn. <laughs> <laughs> My LinkedIn is so fucking weird. Yeah, right now. It's so fucking weird. I think all the scientists I knew from back in the day, a bunch of guys from India who were trying to get me to the top 100 in, I- in iTunes, and then people from Kitchen Nightmares... <laughs> Most of all, who are actors now? Yeah, yeah, it seems like it. Brian went on. He was in a couple of other restaurants. He opened up an oyster bar with his oh. best friend at one point in 2011, which ran for a couple of years. And in 2010, he won a contest for best chowder at a chili and chowder fair in the Hamptons. Aww. So he had a little gold medal to his name and all that. I believe he still is working in the cooking bit. He still is working in the restaurant business. He's worked as a head chef in various few places. By all accounts, it seems to be, even though we got a boarded-up restaurant, a pretty happy ending that's, for Finn McCool. Yeah, it's pretty wholesome. So I'm quite happy that my Irish, yeah, my Irish story has come with a pot of gut. No, fuck off! It's just a happy <laughs> ending. It's a, that's all it is. And that falls upon me to ask you, my saucy side dishes, about your MVP and your dish of the day. MVP, who would you save if you were to, of course, go on and form your own restaurant or you'd like to have working in a restaurant that you were heading off to? And dish of the day, one meal, if you must take from today's proceedings to eat and have a big scoff of. Adam, gotta go at you first. Hmm, I... You see, I was tempted at first to say, I think, was it Melissa, the yeah. server? Just, I think that's purely just my biases. I like, always sympathy, really right? relate to the server. You just want to tell her it's okay, like. Yeah. <laughs> I genuinely think Brian might be my MVP because really? he did mm. actually turn it around. He did a good job at the end. And the whole episode, all the sort of coming up next, they all really are framed to be like, this guy's going to fucking explode. Yeah. You can see there's a lot of times where he's silent rage, looking really angry, and it's all going to melt down. But it never does. He like... Him storming out and allegedly driving away in his van <laughs> is literally the worst it gets for him. His behaviour isn't fair, that terrible. His dad was being really annoying to him. Pestering like, him. Like, he was. He was like, pestering him yeah. while he was cooking in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. And, like, yeah, I can only imagine that, that would make you want to storm off. Absolutely, yeah. So yeah. despite how he's framed to come off as the angry chef that's the real problem, I actually think he probably is my MVP, Brian. Dish of the day. This is going to be tough. a tough one now. This like. is a really rough one. Oh, I want to say... Me- 
just for the sake of it, I'll try Gordon Shepherd's pie. It didn't look that great, no. sure, but maybe underneath the the top Fucking, layer. You it's take out your nice. false teeth and eat that one, folks. Yeah. Um, no chewing, no sauce. Like <laughs> Joe MVP dish of the day. Well, if you're not going to go with Melissa, I will. Because okay. as I said, she I think she was the glue keeping this family together. Absolutely. She got on well with Buddy. She got on well with Brian. She got on well with Jason, obviously, because they're married. And it was just <laughs> seemed like she was the person who was actually communicating with everyone in all parts of this restaurant. There'd be a lot more fights if she wasn't there. A lot there. more fights. Absolutely. I think it would have the whole thing would have dissolved long ago. Yeah. I think she was the peacemaker. She's the reason why that brother was sad and not angry. Yes. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's going to be horrible. That's, that's a good thing, though. That's a good thing, though. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm going to say Melissa is MVP. Dish of the day, dish of the night. I'm going to have to go with the oyster that was oh, served with a side it's... salad and then replaced with a lemon. That's what I was going to go for. The least interference. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. And the fact that he went on to open an oyster bar. Exactly. Yeah, he's got yeah. Brian's got yeah. it. I mean, i got to go for Brian for, uh, for for the MVP as well. Just because, like, like I read that interview that he did an interview with that writer that kind of a lot of this kind of, oh, this was fake, that was fake stuff got disseminated. And even though it was set up very much, the article's like, like Ramsey fake exposed... He was very, very level-headed about it. He's cool. like, look, Gordon was actually like, he had to play a character on the screen. And what you saw on the screen and what he was actually like to me is kind of two different things. Like when we had to talk face to face, like he knew, he knew how to talk to you like a real human being. And that's, you don't get that impression really on the show. He says, the only thing is like when you step it up and you like, you raise your energy or your anger at him, Gordon will do it right back yeah. at you. He's like, mm. But that's, he's like, that's just the show though. Like I yeah. kind of feel like, well, if he knows that much, anyway, they... In fairness, this is probably the sloppiest, like, you know, God damn it, buddy, your prints are all over the scene. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is one of the sloppiest, like, hatchet jobs that yeah. the producers have ever done. If anyone had a right to be pissed off at being trying to make, to be look like one of these kitchen nightmares lads, when he clearly really wasn't, it's Brian. And he was yeah. pretty level-headed about the whole thing, like, mm-hmm. so yeah. I think going from that, I, I'd pick him as my MVP. And Jesus Christ, dish of the day. Like, if the two ones that I was thinking I might take are already taken, I don't know. What about the chowder? What chowder? We didn't even win a competition for the chowder. Didn't make it on the show, Joe. It's like years in the... It's a future chowder. It can't can't even... Those potatoes haven't even been grown yet. Yes, you're left with the nachos then. No, I'm not. I refuse to eat any of the nachos. What about that uh, mouldy tin of artichokes that you found in the kitchen? Uh, I'll fucking... I'll I'll test Francis's theory. Give me the chicken wing. (laughs) Give it to me and I'll do what you should have done 20 minutes ago. (laughs) I'll eat that thing. I'll be the Petri dish. I'll prove his theory one way or the other. Like It's okay. I've got a science degree. <laughs> well that's gonna do it for another episode of it's raw thanks everyone again for your messages and lovely emails to it's rawpod at gmail.com don't forget you can follow all of us on the social media on the twitter i'm at kevin man with an f we got Adam over here. He's Biblops and the Joanna Graham. Follow us all on Twitter. And don't forget as well, Podcrabs, your source on SoundCloud, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. You can check out all of our previous episodes. Coming up soon, we'll have another edition of The Walk-In. And we're hoping to do a little bit of an off-menu vote as well to do a little bit of Gordon-adjacent content. It should be pointed out that we got a, uh, a recent gift from Mr. Adam Biblo over here of Love's Kitchen, the feature mm. film starring Chef Ramsay. So, mm-hmm. could be that this vote's gone a little bit spicier. Oh, baby. Could be I've put a penalty box on top of these oh. three stacks. Oh. Am I right? Oh. Like? Different, difficult shape. <laughs> horrible shape. Well, before we get into any of our big, exciting plans, I think we're going to do, we're going to finish off this rotation, right? So, I think so, yeah. Joe, I believe that means it's your turn Me next, next time. Me sure. next. Mm-hmm. Time for some smelly times on its raw. But until next time, it's a goodbye from me, Kevin. Me, Joe. And me, Adam. And we'll see you next time on It's Raw! Wow, I can't believe they're still doing this podcast. I sincerely hope they decide to stop before they end up reviewing Love's Kitchen, the movie. Damn, Finn McCool's? More like Bin McGruel's. Because the food's all gruel and it belongs in the bin. I don't know, alright? I'm fucking sick of it!